welcome to EBSN, and I'm your host, Emily Paulson, where we talk and debate all things sports. I want to start off this week's episode with March Madness. March Madness has been the only thing that the sports world has talked about for the last two weeks, including myself. You could go around asking my teammates, my coaches, my friends, even my parents and family. March Madness is the only thing I've been talking about, and I'm not ashamed of it, to be honest. It only comes one time a year, and it's the best time of the year. This coming weekend is the Final Four, which includes number two seed Duke, number nine seed North Carolina, two seed Villanova, and the only one seed in Kansas. Like most people, my bracket is toast. I had way too much faith in the West Coast teams as I had Gonzaga and Arizona in my championship. And I had USC going pretty far and UCLA. Those people on the East Coast right now, props to you because your East Coast teams actually got to do it. And if it tells you how much I am invested into March Madness, I made my whole softball team all fill out brackets. I brought them to practice one morning and... Let's back up, though. I, before practice, I went to our school's gym and printed out 24 brackets for our team to fill out. And I brought them to practice, and I already texted Coach beforehand, and I was like, I want everyone to fill out brackets because it'll give us something to look forward to. And I made all the girls fill out brackets 15 minutes before the first round of games started that day. And some of them were like, I don't even know what teams to choose. And I thought it was so funny because March Madness is one of those things where you don't have to know anything about sports to fill out a bracket. I mean, my friends in high school used to beat me based on no logic at all, just whatever colors they liked, if they liked their mascot, if they liked the name of the school, whatever it could be. And some of my teammates did that same thing this year. I would say I'm probably at the back end of the rankings right now. And some of the girls who are in the lead just chose off school's names and if they knew who they were or whatnot. But I think March Madness is a fun thing for everyone to be involved in. And for reference and for clarity, my team did this as for fun and no betting. And it was just something I was keeping track of for myself. Anyway, my bracket is so bad. I think I have like a 32% correct rate right now, which I want to say is the worst I've ever done in a bracket I've ever made. But I don't feel too bad about it this year because only one number number one seed made to the final four. And I know in men's basketball, you're never supposed to put more than two number one teams in your final four because... Usually it just doesn't happen, ever. I think the last time it happened was like 2007 or something like that. But I had way too much faith in the West Coast teams. But diving into these final four teams, I am looking forward to this weekend so much. I mean, I think both of these games, final four games, are going to be insane, especially with Duke playing North Carolina and Villanova playing Kansas. Kansas. And then championship will be good either way. Starting off with the first matchup of Duke and North Carolina, 
Number two versus number nine. Battle. Rival that's lasted for ages. I was surprised by Duke. Duke, I didn't think, was going to make it this far. To be honest, I thought they were going to lose in the second round against Michigan State and Tom Izzo because of how the team would have been playing towards the end of the season. They lost Coach K's last game at home against North Carolina. Didn't do great in the ACC tournament. Got blown out by Virginia Tech in the championship. And they weren't really playing as a team. And even though they're a two seed, and I don't mind them being a two seed that they got in the bracket, no one believed in them. I didn't either. But there was no way they should have been a two seed. Other teams like Texas Tech, your SEC champ in Tennessee, they should have gotten two seeds. But I think, the win against Michigan State propelled this Duke team into making the run they've had in the tournament so far. They get let them gain confidence and play together as a team. And you can see that in their last um, two rounds of games as they've come together and have played well in, in a cohesive group. I know they all have a one end goal, which is winning the championship in Coach K's last season. But it feels like they've really rallied around him. And since getting that close win against Michigan State and pulling it out, they're probably the favorite, one of the favorites going into this Final Four. And on the flip side, North Carolina. Incredible story. Number nine seed, pretty low coach ever to take a team to the Final Four in their first season as head coach. They eliminated number one Baylor, the returning champs, which is always impressive even though they weren't as loaded, but still a number one seed and all that goes with that. A good UCLA team and and ended the magical season of St. Peter's, the number 15 seed who upset number two, Kentucky. I would have loved to see a North Carolina-Kentucky game, but St. Peter's, I just had to give them a quick shout out because their season was unbelievable and I know for that community, this year had to have been magical. Going back to North Carolina, though, I think this matchup between Duke and North Carolina is one for the ages. Coach K lost his final game at home to North Carolina earlier this season, and I know Duke wants to have revenge. Paolo and all those guys want to keep winning for Coach K. At this point, it's not for them it's for him and I think it's time for revenge I would have my money on Duke winning this game just out of how much revenge they want to get on North Carolina for losing to them at home early in the year and towards the end of the year but I wouldn't count North Carolina out as they've been playing really well and have already made it this far I think that will be a game for people to tune into. I mean, for Pete's sake, Eric Church is a North Carolina huge fan. I don't know if he's an alumni, but I know he's a huge fan. He had a sold-out concert on Saturday evening, and he canceled his concert so he could watch this game. And if that doesn't show you why this game is going to be so fun to watch, 
and so important and one for the ages, I don't know what does. Going to the other side of the bracket, number one, Kansas versus number two, Villanova, both dominant basketball teams, and they have been for a while. Each team has won a national championship within the last 15 years as Kansas's last one was in 2008. And everybody remembers Villanova winning their national championship on that last-minute shot. Amazing game. So they both have experience in this field. And I think this game is going to be a classic. Starting off with Villanova, not surprising that they got to the Final Four, but they were really overshadowed by Arizona. Everyone only talked about Arizona, how they got the number one seed, and who knew how good they really were, first-time head coach, and everything that went along with that. And I think they kind of went under the radar, snuck in there, didn't even have to play Arizona since Arizona lost to Houston. And they had a pretty, I'm never going to say easy, because no game in this tournament is easy. But they had a good path of how they could get to the Final Four, and they did. The East Coast people are very happy right now because Villanova held on, made it. Not one West Coast team is even in the Final Four. So, in my bracket, I had Villanova going to the Elite Eight, but no further because I had Arizona winning the whole thing. Bad choice. Bad, bad decision. Kansas, only number one seed to make it to the Final Four. Kansas, in my opinion, had the easiest pass to the Final Four out of the other number one seeds. They only had the number two seed, Auburn, in their bracket, who was not playing very well at the time. Didn't even have to worry about them much. And I had them in my Final Four, so that was the only Final Four team I got correct. But I had them losing to Arizona. Once again, I had someone losing to them. My final takeaways going into this coming weekend with the Final Four. It's always good games, close, great TV, great atmosphere. If you can ever go, please go. It's on my bucket list to go to the Final Four one year. And I just want everyone to have a TV close to them on Saturday or some way to check in on these games, whether it be on your phone, laptop, whatever. Because I think these games are going to be fun ones to watch. And you have to tune in. First game's at 3.09 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Second game's at 5.49 p.m. And I would be tuning in, but I have softball tournament this weekend. So go Vikings, and I'll probably check all the scores afterwards. Sticking to basketball, but shifting focus into the NBA, which is wrapping up its regular season pretty soon, within the next two weeks. The play-in tournament has been a great thing for the NBA. It's supposed to keep teams engaged longer so no one tanks. It gives the fans something to look forward to. You don't even have a guaranteed seven or eight seed, so it makes them play harder to get one of those top six seeds to officially make the playoffs. But on the other hand, it's made it very challenging for some teams who should be in the playoffs, in my opinion, 
no matter what, and they could possibly lose. But focusing on the Western Conference, the Lakers have officially dropped out of the play-in tournament. And I don't even think they'll make it back in. They have played so bad. And I know some people are going to bring up the point that they had the hardest remaining schedule. That doesn't matter. The Lakers have played so bad that even LeBron can't even help you. And I know, don't have Anthony Davis. He's always hurt. You guys should have known that before you signed him. To massive money. Russell Wills, Russell Westbrook, excuse me. Just not it. It's not a good mix. I think they don't have very good team camaraderie. And it will be better for them just to get a lottery pick. And look forward to next year, to be honest, at this point. There is no point in them making the play-in tournament. And I know people out there think if they make the play-in tournament, they can make the playoffs and make a run. I'm sorry to burst your bubble, but that is not happening. Sorry to say. But the other L.A. team and the L.A. Clippers are a team to watch out for since they just got Paul George back the other night. He looked smooth in his first game back, scored 34 points after missing three months with an elbow injury. They beat a good but recently struggling Jazz team with Donovan Mitchell, and they are the eighth seed right now in the play-in tournament, and I think they'll make the playoffs, and they'll be a one to watch out for. With getting Paul George back and everything like that, they'll be great to watch, and L.A. will have a team to root for. And I think they could surprise some people. I think the Timberwolves and Clippers will be the ones to come out of the play-in tournament and actually make the playoffs. Looking at teams who are feeling good going into the playoffs and have actual playoff bursts already or will very, very soon is starting in the Eastern Conference with the Boston Celtics. The Celtics are on a roll. They're 16-4 in their last 20 games. They've been playing lights-out defense. Jason Tatum has finally found his groove. He's hot. The only downside is they just lost their defensive anchor in Robert Williams with a knee injury. And come to find out, he's out for at least four to six weeks. I think they're still a good team, even though he won't be there to help them. And I think they could make a deep run, and maybe to the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't think they'd actually make the finals. I think they can make the Eastern Conference Finals if Jason Tatum stays hot and their defense still stays together even without Williams in the lineup. And then their interdivisional rival in the 76ers is the other team who I think is feeling good going into the playoffs right now with James Harden and Joel Embiid, if they stay healthy. Both are prone to injury, but if both can stay healthy, I think they're in good shape. The 76ers have the best duo or one of the best duos in the NBA right now in Harden and Embiid. And the standings stay the same. Intriguing matchup between the 76ers and Boston Celtics in the second round of both win 
in the first round matchups. And I think that would be a really, really good series to watch. So I'm kind of hoping that happens. But those are two teams who I think people should look out for in the Eastern Conference who are feeling good, have played good in the past month, and are ready to make some noise in the playoffs. Going back to the Western Conference, the one team who I want to focus on is the Memphis Grizzlies. They are young, exciting, have John Morant. How could you not like the dude? He is the real deal. And he can lead this team to a deep playoff run, I think. He can be the facilitator they need, the shooter they need, the driver they need. Plays pretty damn good defense, too, when need be. And they have young, good players surrounding Morant in Dylan Brooks, Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain, and a veteran center in Steven Adams who kind of keeps that defense there and stabilizes it and makes its presence known in the key. I think the key to this team making a good and deep playoff run is the people surrounding John Morant making the most of what they can give to the team. I think if Dylan Brooks, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Desmond Bain all take advantage of the opportunities they're given because you know that defense is going to collapse on John Morant in the playoffs. They're going to, their goal is to be to not let John Morant beat them. They're going to make the other guys surrounding him beat them. And I know John Morant can be the facilitator. It just comes down to those other guys making shots and making plays. And I think Steven Adams has to play pretty well, too. And I don't think this team will make the Western Conference Finals. I think they'll probably be a second-round team and have a good series with them. But I think this is a good stepping stone for them. Their team's very young and another one to watch out for. My final thoughts for this week's episode, not very long, very short, sweet, is that baseball's right around the corner. Opening day, April 7th. Super excited after what's all happened with that. The MLB lockdown, didn't even know if there was going to be a season, spring training, pushback, crazy stuff. And to think that was not that long ago, and now spring training's already going, season starts next week a baseball fan's dream and I know all of you out there are starting to draft your fantasy baseball teams and getting pumped inside for the season and I'm not going to focus on any specific players but some teams that I'm hoping to do well or that I think will do well this year are the Dodgers I mean do they have the best lineup in MLB you can make the case for it. They should be good again. And they added Freddie Freeman, who is a pretty, pretty big, important guy who just won a World Series with the Atlanta Braves this last year. In personal opinion, I hope the Yankees can make the playoffs this year, actually put together a decent season because I think Aaron Boone will get fired if they don't make the playoffs. And I just want them go back to being the Yankees. 
But in all honesty, I think everyone is in the hunt. When it comes to baseball, because the season's so long, teams can get behind and come back into the playoff mix. Or they can fall off the bandwagon. But I think everyone's in the start and the hunt to start out with. No team knows that they're bad yet. No good team knows that they're good yet, is what I always like to say. The other thing I want to touch on before I end this episode is the Masters. The Masters are next weekend, April 7th or 10th, and I'm really looking forward to watching it this year. Augusta, perfect, beautiful golf course in Georgia. It's on my bucket list to go there too one time with my dad to go watch it. I think it would be an amazing experience. If I ever got the chance to work it, it would be awesome. Matsuyama is the defending champ. Lots of guys are playing in this. All the big names. Some guys who you should watch out for if you're into betting at all is Justin Thomas, John Rahm, Dustin Johnson, Scotty Scheffler, just named world number one. He's really the guy who I think could pull this out. He's been playing great. And Cameron Smith. Anything's up for grabs when it comes to golf. You can have one good day, two good days, three good days, four good days, and some bad ones thrown in there. I think it's all going to come down to who can stay the most consistent through all four rounds and put up very consistent numbers with one low round, specifically on Sunday. And you never know. I think Scotty Scheffler is the one to watch out for. He's been playing so well, as I was saying. But Justin Thomas, John Rahm, Justin Johnson, all guys to look forward to watching. All so great at what they do. That's all I have for this episode of EPSN. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed. I hope you go watch Final Four this weekend. I hope you get ready for the Masters next weekend. Lots of lots of good sports ahead of us opening day. Don't forget to follow and subscribe for more episodes to come. And recently started an Instagram for the podcast at EPSN Podcast on Instagram. Find updates there. And leave some comments and feedback of what you guys want to hear. I'd love to touch on some topics that you guys want to talk about. And yeah, have a great rest of your week.